Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, fuck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, fuck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. Good morning, Fran. It says the young lady speaking gives us hope the future is in safe hands. She's a very impressive young woman, that's uh, for sure. Uh, Barb was on to us to say, Fran, our government is busy giving away our neutrality and spending millions on a war. This response has nothing to do with refugees, but uh, the government doesn't care about Irish people. They just want to start looking for jobs in Europe, says Barb. We received an email following my chat with uh, John Harney and um, I I think you'll find it very interesting. Dear Fran, it says I listened to your guest John speaking about fuel costs and the cost of living this morning I agree with what he said and I'm so anxious and desperate that cost of fuel seems to have climbed by nearly 10 cent in the last week alone and not one person has mentioned it in the media in the last few days many places are now charging as much as 2 euro 5 cent a litre how could it possibly be so high when the price of a barrel sits at around 80 dollars when a barrel costs upwards of 100 dollars a barrel the cost of fuel wasn't as high as it is now not only that Fran but what I can't get over is the cost of groceries but I was really shocked by eggs in particular. I had to pay over €5 for a dozen eggs last week, when before that I would have paid about €3. How can these costs be justified? And for families who are looking for cheaper food options, the choices are now very limited. I'm sitting here this morning wondering, how the hell are we going to get through winter and where will I find money for Christmas this year? I know other families are in the same boat, but it's causing me sleepless nights. What are we going to do? Says one of our listeners on email, and that email address is tipfm at, uh, well, I beg your pardon, it's tiptoday at tipfm.com. Financial advice with FOH Financial Limited. Tried, trusted, and experienced advice. See foh.ie. FOH Financial Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Francis O'Hanlon from FOH uh, with me in studio. Francis, good morning to Hi, you. Hi, Fran. It's interesting when you get an email like that, isn't oh, it? I know, it's isn't it's an indication so? of how difficult it is out there for you so know, many people. You know, you can people. hear the anxiety yeah. in that, can't you? It's, mm. You know, and that's what people are facing into now. Mm. Um, some people are really, really anxious. And, you know, and I suppose... Look, you would say for some people they're working, but there's only so many hours in the week, days in the week that people can work. And sometimes they don't have the discretion to work extra hours um, to, to kind of get more money or whatever it be. Um, but I, I kind of think of people, maybe that's somebody who's retired, I'm not quite sure. Like their options are very, very limited. Mm. Um, and just the anxiety that's coming across. Now, you know, again, I wonder why oil prices are so high or, you know, diesel or whatever it be at the pump because oil prices did Mm. come down substantially. Well, they're talking about the costs at the refineries and the lack of availability of refineries and this kind of thing as well, but I'm not sure how much of that is. No, and again, it's this vicious circle. Yeah. Fran, I, I... I'm not, I'm not sure about the case here, but I know the RAC in uh, the UK were saying that, you know, the garages were adding on a few bob as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know. And look, wouldn't you just hate to think that people are um, mm. 
profiteering. Um, yes. Let's let's hope that that's not the case. Look, everybody has to make a profit, mm. and that's what business is about. And they've staff to pay, and they've their own costs to cover. But let's not hope that um, there's. there's let's hope there's not people ripping yeah. people off or yeah. milking the situation. Um, that might be naive. The last time, <laughs> the last time you were with me, uh, Francis, mm-hmm. we received an awful lot of uh, queries and stuff. You're going to try and run through a few yeah. of them, are you? The first one is: I'm a widower. I work mm-hmm. 36 hours per week. I pay tax, PRSI, on my wages. But do I have to do my own tax returns on my widower pension? So I would say short answer is no. Revenue are aware of your widow's pension because social welfare tell them, okay? Um, but if in doubt, go on to my revenue and you'll see that the income mentioned, it's mentioned as if the, for all the world your um, social welfare are an employer. And it, you'll see it at the back of your tax-free allowance letter possibly that you got yes. um, in January. Now, if it's, if this is somebody who was more recently widowed, it might be that it takes time to feed through. But normally, um, there's a glitch with the social welfare system in that it can't be taxed as source, OK? So it just can't be done. They can't take tax out of social welfare. So it normally, say in this instance, where somebody has PAY income, the tax on the aggregate of the of the collective of the social of their PAY income and their widow's pension is taken from their PAY income. Ah, right. Okay? okay. So you're never going to see tax coming out of social welfare basically. Right. They just don't have the capability of doing it. Okay. So as this person's PAYE income, I just say if if you know just for your own peace of mind if you want to have a look at your letter that you got maybe in January and see, do you see your widow's pension mentioned on the back of that? And you you should do. If not, go on to myrevenue.ie and you should see your um, widow's pension noted right. on that. And it'll your tax then is taken from your PAYE income. It's very interesting. All right, mm-hmm. we've been talking about carers quite a bit, Francis, and a question in, uh, why don't carers get stamps or credits while caring. So, firstly, to date, anyone who was caring for an adult or child at home uh, and either not working or earning less than €38 per week um, is entitled to apply for the home caring period. Okay, we've mentioned this before Mm. in respect of the state pension. Um, Under that scheme, that would give them up to 1,040 home caring period stamps, which is roughly 20 years max. Okay, now subject to certain rules um, over 16, under 66, you know, looking after a child under 12 or over 12 if they require increased care or an adult who needs increased care. However, their entitlement is under the total contributions approach, which we've mentioned before, mm. and that determined determines basically what they can get under the state pension. But just to say, this is all about to change. So I don't know if people recall the budget of just a yeah. few weeks ago, so much is after happening, but um, basically they're revising this under the state pension and basically they said enhanced state provision for long-term carers to be introduced from January 24. This will mean for the first time people who gave up work over a duration to look after a loved one who, um, you know, will have their time spent caring recognised in the pension system. At last. So the, 
the detail is yet to come, the mm. exact detail, but it would seem to me that before where maybe it was deemed a credit and you can only have a certain amount of credits in your lifetime, blah, 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 that they're, they may be going to treat those maybe not as credits anymore, but maybe as actual stamps, notional right. stamps to qualify. But the detail will be interesting. Yeah, though, but it? I mean, yeah. there are, it, people are entitled um, to a credit at the moment, but that's changing from January. Yes. Okay, and right and proper. But what what's a long duration, you see? You know, um, I, I Well, if you're looking at the moment, they're kind of allowing it for potentially up to 20 years. Right. So, I mean, some people are looking after you know, children with special yeah. needs who grow into adults with special, special needs, needs course, or, yes. you know, family members who are adults with special needs all their lives. So, you know, it, it, some credit has to be given for that. And I think that's where this is coming from. Interesting. All right. Another one, Francis. I'm buying back pension uh, via National Service that is paying pension plus extra pension to buy back years so as to retire in my 60s. Mm. Will I have to pay extra PRSI on this extra payment? So I'm I'm just wondering, is that notional service? Um, it sounds to me maybe like it's somebody who's trying to buy who's maybe buying back service they might be a public servant or something like that and they're buying um, into a pension scheme for years where they maybe didn't pay into pension okay I, I'm not quite sure but the the question is will I have to pay extra PRSI or extra PRSI on this extra payment I'd like to say no but I suspect the answer may be yes. Okay, so let's let me explain what I'm saying here. Normally, from up to sixty six, we'd pay PRSI or whatever it be if if your income so dictates. But you'd say from sixty six on that you've no PRSI to pay. Okay, that's how it works. Right. I don't know if that's going to be the case going forward. And call me cynical, but. Um, under the changes that they're they're shouting about for under the state pension and total contributions, mm. somebody has to pay the piper, right? They're saying that from the benefit of this is from age 66, you can build up more pension um, contributions so that you'd have more under the total contribution system if needs be. So the only way you can build up contributions is to pay, is to pay stamp. Yeah. Mm. So if I was being very cynical and reading between the lines Never, I would think that they're going to look at PRSI possibly from age 66 on. Now remember they're already talking about increasing PRSI. We're all, I think we're going to be <clears throat> paying an average, I think we said on 50,000 of an income 1250 extra per annum. So there's your initial payment. I suspect there's going to be something introduced from 66 on. Uh, who am I to and, say and that? When, I, when do you think we might see that? Uh, well, I think that, again, the devil is in the detail. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, that will... I think they're talking about January 24, the bigger changes in relation to um, the state pension. So I think you'll see those details come out in the next 12 months. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, another query for you, Francis. Um, can somebody with Down syndrome get life insurance? Yeah, so this an is interesting an interesting query. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would say why not, okay? Um, but with the same warnings that I give everyone who wants life cover, subject to 
ability to contract and underwriting, which means, you know, they will look at your specific health history, um, which may result in you, you being accepted on standard terms or loaded or declined the same as anyone else. But capacity to contract is important here, okay? As it is with any citizen, okay? Capacity to contract means that the, you've the competency, competency to enter into a valid contract legally, okay? The uh, capacity to contract binds the parties of the contract with a promise to oblige by it. But only certain p- persons have the competency or the capacity to make a contract. So you'd have to be in the full of your health. Right. So somebody can't make that contract on behalf of you? No. Um, you. I would say no. Now, I checked this out with two of the main life cover providers mm. um, on a hypothetical on back of this question. And they said, funny enough, look, obviously it depends on health, but it also depends on the capacity to contract was their response. And it's a compliance issue rather than a medical issue obviously the capacity to contract it's really important that people know understand what they're getting into what they're signing for because if somebody if you're taking out life cover if somebody's taking it out on your behalf you have to question why you know what's it about what's their interest here um so it's just important that people under understand but one of the ladies that's a very senior underwriter within one of those two companies I approached said to me she has never seen it in 30 years. Wow. Okay. So um, other the other provider, wa- provider wanted more specific details, um, but did say, again, it was back to capacity, uh, to contract and health history. The same as wow. anybody else. Now, I would say it might be worth checking with Down Syndrome Ireland. Ireland Maybe basically so see. But be- are you saying to me that the person involved would have to have a complete understanding of what they're yeah, getting absolutely. into? Is that it? Yeah, the ability okay. to enter into a contract. And who would adjudicate that, Francis? Well, I suppose, again, if somebody is filling out a proposal form, um, they're <clears throat> excuse me, their GP would probably, because normally right. with life companies, you know, they're going to the GP maybe for a medical report right. and the GP would probably be asked... Is this person, you know, right. fit to contract, fit to enter into a contract? It's about protecting the person as well. Right. But a, as a GP is asked for most of us, if we're absolute, getting... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Again, yeah. can I just be very clear? This is about everybody. Yes, this yes. is the, yeah. the same as anybody. Like, I mean, if somebody is under particular stress, um, if there was some issues going on, be it health or maybe mental health, then... Anybody, any person would be restricted in, in entering into a contract, whether it's right and proper for them to do so. That's Right, but the lady in question, she hasn't seen it in 30 years. No, okay. <coughs> one of those underwriters was interesting said she has never said, seen it. So listen, there's always people, you know, look at your younger uh, participant earlier, there's always people that, you know, break, break the, the ceiling mold. and yes. break the mould or whatever it be. So um, I would say possibly... Why not? Interesting question. And I would think, but might be worth checking with Down Syndrome Ireland as well, because obviously they have 
vast experience across um, this area. Another one for you, Francis. I've, we're working you very hard today, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I hope you're being paid by Tip FM per oh. question. <laughs> we won't get into that one. <laughs> I have a state works pension from the military, a 32-year mm. pension. However, when I hit 65, I will lose 11 years and my works become then... Um, Okay, a 21-year pension at that point. Is that legal? You're going to have to explain this to us, Francis, okay, first so, of all. Okay, so, like, whilst this is uh, obviously a specific um, Department of Defence or military pension question, mm. this is quite common with public servants where they may, um, based on their PRSI class, they may be entitled to the full state pension at the age of now 66, mm. Okay. So if they're leaving, say they're retiring early, say they're going 60, 61 or whatever it be, or in this case, some of the the Department of Defence went an awful lot younger than that, they may, if if they don't have other income, they may be entitled to a supplementary pension from the state, basically up to the point where they get the full state pension. Okay. So supplementing them for the years, because the, the perception is that their income is down, Okay, and they haven't enough to live on, they would be supplemented from, say, the age of 60 or whatever it is until they're due to get the full the right. state pension at 66. But supplemented up to the, what the state pension is, is that Yeah, it? again, it depends. Yes. Um, so the normally there's a specific formula, but again, you know, I, I've said this a hundred times, the area that is bog, that is pension, is double bog when it comes to to public services yes. and and uh you know such pens, pensions so it really depends it's on case by case it depends on what they were entitled to it depends on what their earnings were they get a certain supplement so that was actually documented i actually did a bit of research on this and i saw that um minister coveney was speaking about this earlier this year it's actually on um the Oroctus Debates website, if anybody is interested enough. If you can't sleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Good good place to go. Um, Where this actual topic was raised and there was a very full explanation um, as to what the person was entitled to. So basically, like some people mightn't have had 21. They base it on kind of a 21-year service, but if somebody didn't have 21 years, that's another matter you know, I think the person said, is this legal? Yes, it is, because it's based on a pre-2004 contract, okay, from what I can see. And basically, it's a supplement to the the state pension age. And after you receive the state pension, so then they'd have the lesser Department of Defence pension and they'd have the state pension, so they're right. deemed to be okay. And do, does rank come into it, Francis? Yeah, it would, because I suppose rank would dictate salary. Yeah, so course, all yeah. of those, that's again what I was saying, it really, really depends. So um, I I would say um, it's very, very specific, mm. but is it legal? Yes, it's, it's well documented. Uh, I have actually seen it before. Um, but sometimes it might be that when they get to state pension age that that's worth an awful lot more than what the supplement was as well. So, you know, but mm. yeah, it, it certainly is. It's, it's built into your pension. I'm not going to get into it any more than that, only to say 
that they could look at. Um, I have the, the web link there. If if that person wanted to ring in, it might be helpful to them yes. that they could maybe read it and that it would answer it more fully for them. Okay. Uh, next one is sort of a combination of two questions. Mm. Most people don't know you could be refused the pension at 66. Mm-hmm. My wife is 66. She was refused her pension as I am still working. She stopped working when the family came along, so she has not got uh, the stamps. Is she entitled to anything? Thank you, says one of our listeners. So, yeah, I think this was actually maybe two and one here, but mm. um, it's the same theme anyway. So back to the total contributions approach again in relation to the state pension. It all comes back to that. Um, and going forward from January 24 is going to be all about total contributions. Um, so what I would say is since, remember, since the 1st of September 2012, she's being assessed under the total contributions approach. Though she should have some stamp from being at home with your children, um, you know, did she look at the, the home caring period scheme and the homemaker scheme? Did she have previous work? So there where she would possibly have received credits. OK, now don't some people say, oh, yeah, but then child benefit and I'll have to. If you were in receipt of child benefit, they know that so they can apply those stamps. They know Right. When you were looking after a child, they can take those credits. But, you know, I was actually looking at somebody lately who was querying their stamps back in 1981. They were saying, no, I definitely, I was definitely working then. You know, they may have been working, but whether their employer was registering for them for a stamp is another matter. So these were all these things kind of come out. So I would say to that individual, it might be worth going to the department and getting a breakdown of your wife's credits and, and contributions. What do they base their decision on? And from there go. Okay. Um again, it's a minefield. Like I, I would say to be fair to the department, they're quite helpful um, when you kind of engage with them. Mm. But maybe as a start, get details of what stamp she may be, you know, that she has to date. Um, like, I, I don't know, like at 66, I can't see that. I, I actually had a case lately where I said to somebody, you know what, you probably need to work for, they were thinking of going at maybe 63. And I was saying, to build up your stamp, you probably need to work for another two years. Yeah. But sometimes then you have to say, okay, five or a week, maybe extra in the state pension versus... Two years. Two years. Yeah. You have to kind of weigh it up. Yeah. And But yeah. it, look, it's complicated and, and I'm not going to say yeah, otherwise. As, as I get older, I, I would come down on the side of the two years are more important, but, but there yeah, you go. Yeah, you know? and you kind of say that because, look, people mm. might have income from other sources as well, but mm. it's it's very frustrating, I suppose, for people. But there might be, maybe this person would be entitled to, you know, an amount via the adult dependent allowance, maybe on her Yes. Um, spouse's pension eventually, who knows? Again, very individual. You mentioned uh, the budget in passing, I suppose, all the detail of the budget we will see finally Mm. in the finance bill. That's next week at some stage. No, the finance bill was actually last week. Oh, was it last week? Okay. Um, So so tell tell us then what we learned from that. Look, Fran, I'm not going to bore you um, with all of the details of it because I've, I've yet to maybe fully bore myself with it. But, you know, one of the things that was 
jumping at me. The majority of it was covered off by the budget, but one of the things um, that was jumping at me was about they're now saying that this 500 euros credit that they were going to give people that were renting, mm. um, that will actually be available to parents who are paying student accommodation fees yes. as well, which is great. But it's saying in certain circumstances. <laughs> so I'm now thinking, what are the circumstances? And I couldn't find those circumstances yet. But yeah. again, I think those those matters will be fleshed out. Um, interesting, I, I and I couldn't see anything on this, but, you know, there's a big change in BIK coming down the line um, from January in relation to people who have company cars yes, with emissions and whatever it be. Um, and I heard... Many drums saying, listen, don't do this in January. People aren't positioned to do this. You know, workers could get very, um, you know, it might be that their car is part of their package and it might be that they'd be very penalised and end up paying a lot more into BIK. But I don't see anything where they've done a U-turn. Okay, so I think maybe something to look at. Right, Uh, we're just about out of time, but can we have a quick mention of the new uh, mortgage rules, uh, Francis, if you would, because it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but I suppose, again, there was a lot of kind of uproar about this the other day, and I was trying to think, and I actually had a chat even with some of my fellow advisors um, uh, within our own practice saying, you know, is this going to make a difference? Yeah. Because... Okay, you've got four times salary now for first-time buyers. Um, But, you know, other banks are entitled to lay down their own rules. And there's one particular bank, which we mentioned a couple of months ago, as they're contracting, basically, and what they're going to give people. This one particular bank reduced their max to two and a half times salary. And they said, we're not lending to anybody who's earning less than 50,000 as an individual or 100,000 as a couple. So... The banks can still dictate their own rules. This is just the maximums. The central okay. bank are saying you can now give four times to a first-time buyer, but interest rates are going up, so that reduces what people can borrow anyway because it it it's stressed. Um, that so when this isn't going to make. I don't think so, but I do think, like, I mean, at the end of the day, what are the important factors when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage? Obviously, the salary multiple is one thing. Net disposable income is really important. That's the Mm. amount of money that you've left. And some banks will say, no, sorry, um, they're short on what they call NDI. We're not willing to lend to them on that basis. But repayment capacity is absolutely huge. The amount of people that are getting caught, no matter how many times they're being told, you have to show that you have repayment capacity for what you want to borrow. And it should be long established. Okay, I'm saying six months. You should. That's really, really important. But but rent payment, even if it's for years, is not considered. Yeah, it is. It is allowed, Fran, and it it? is included. Yes, as long as it's showing coming from your bank account and that it's official. Like if and I would let's let's not get into this water. But, you know, somebody saying, well, um, he wants cash. She wants cash. Sorry, that's to your detriment. And I suppose. That's the problem here. People Right, but if it's paid out of your account, it is considered. Absolutely, of course oh, it's allowable as, as repayment capacity because it's showing that you're paying rent to six hundred euros a month. So let's say that you're saving another six hundred euros a month, then on top of that, right. then all of a sudden your repayment 12, ability 12, is twelve hundred. Is there any danger though that um that this make make things even worse in terms of because the supply of houses out there 
is is still limited. Yeah, you know? it's interesting though. I've been I've been looking. I'm quite sad. I was looking at Daft and looking <laughs> at Tipperary and you know what's available. Um, I, there's an increase in the supply in the is last there? number of weeks. Yeah, interesting. New Whether houses people, or no? No. No. Okay. Uh, I, I second-hand houses and it's interesting to see all of a sudden I'm thinking why is that is it that people think oh we're near the top of the market let's get this out is there is it landlords getting out though could be yeah. it's a bit of everything Fran yeah. I would say and I mean there's certainly nothing there that would probably encourage yeah. landlords to stay in um, but yeah I, I mean again people like it's back to the age old thing you know, and it's like even there, you know, there was the ESRI report where people were grabbing onto the headline saying, oh, property 7% overpriced. That's not what they've said yes. in full. So do you need a house? This is a really important thing. So when it comes to need, you know, should you buy a house? Is this time to buy? Do you need a house? And if you say, yes, you do, can you afford it? Have you got the deposit? Can you afford to pay per month? It's not just about the repayment. It's about the life cover, the home insurance. It's about the boiler blowing up and that you have to replace it. And there's no landlord to call. Right, they're all the important. We all know, you know, the cost of housing is expensive, but... Think about the rent you're going to lose. You know, say you pay rent for the next two years. Now, I'm, I'm... I don't, I'm not doing this to torment somebody who wants to buy mm. and can't. This is about the person that's maybe saying, oh, I don't know, will I buy? What if, what if this happens and that happens? Can you afford it? Think about the rent that you'll pay that could be off your mortgage. Right. They're the things to factor in. All right. And just very quickly, the 31st of October, where pensions are concerned? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. For the, anyone that's making an AVC contribution or who's not through the online system, 31st of October which is a bank holiday this day week, right? right? So you need to have this done by Friday. Okay. 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 A sobering thought. Uh, Francis, great to see you. Thanks very Thanks, much indeed. Man. Thank you. That's Francis O'Hanlon there of FOH Finance in Clonmel. It's 10.35, back in a moment. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie